0: Our sermon today is read from Ephesians 2 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy, because of, of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus Thanks be. Thanks be to, God. to
1: God. Thanks be to God. One of my favorite parts about Bible study and preparation for a message is translation. I, I just enjoy translation work. Something, it, 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 something about learning another language, or learning how another language is talking or communicating. I heard recently by a wonderful uh, um, interviewer. His name's Lex Friedman he was talking about learning Russian. And he was talking about, he, he himself was Russian, and how the Russian language, certain languages have patterns of thought. They just have ways of thinking. Sometimes, it, and he was, he was kind of reflecting, I guess kind of anecdotally, that for him, Russian had a way of talking about death. <laughs> that the, the language would talk about death in ways that, that were, were, it, it, was, it, it was almost like it was built for it. <laughs> And so when you read things like uh, The Brothers Karamazov or Crime and Punishment, you don't get, you can't feel how the language itself, the language itself is just, is there, present. I, I, I'm just talking about stuff I don't know, obviously. I can't read Russian. But interpretive work, and, interpre- and, 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 and a, good, a good translator, I'm sorry, a good translator can take the words, can take the syntax, can take the ideas, can take the sentence structure, can, can communicate so much what the translator can do is the translator can't communicate though the, the 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 everything that the writer the original writer in this case Paul everything that he thought felt experienced believed like what was his worldview like what did he think about the sun moon stars what did he think about the like what did he think about all the things around him and you you can't capture that in a translation you don't know cuz you don't know you don't know so much so what do you do what do you do for that well you go you go you go all over the bible you you you, you devour and you and you and you lay seeds to all, the whole counsel of god in order to discover how truth controls truth how truth interprets truth you take what's clear through through what uh, through what's not so clear and interpret it through what's clear one of the things i want to do though i sometimes we can dare Sometimes we can step a little further past the words and and dare to think or imagine that we know what that world is. And I think we can do that with Paul, because we have so much other material, both in the scripture that he wrote and the scriptures he read. But uh, but uh, I'm kind of intrigued. I'm going to be doing this a little bit today, just wanting to kind of, because I think there's more being said in this text than we're necessarily getting access to. I think you'll see, hopefully see, what I am saying. Well, just right off the the bat, let me begin, as I'm painting a picture, as I want you to walk into Paul's thinking. get This idea of walking into Paul's thinking with me. Take a look here at the the very first question I want to, the very first thing. Look in verse 8. In verse 8, he uses a metaphor. We are seated in the heavenly places. Then look in verse 10. He uses us, he talks about us walking in good deeds prepared beforehand for us. So, which one is it, y'all? Are we sitting or are we walking? Are we sitting or are we walking? Are we, you get the point, right? <laughs> is Paul mixing his metaphors? So, is Paul not able to understand that one metaphor, these metaphors don't necessarily line up very well? <laughs> uh, which one is it? As I was kind of unpacking that idea, it, it, the word seated, the word seated comes up. Something else. I think there's more in the text here than we might see at first. And that word seated, oh, I, there's three words there, three words there. And, and it's impossible to capture in English what's happening in the Greek. Because each one of the verbs, there's three verbs, of being raised up, of being seated, and of being, and of being made alive, every one of these verbs starts with this prefix, sin, S-Y-N. S-Y-N. Sin. Will we use a synchronicity? When we say I'm going to synchronize with you, I am going to match times with you. And that's what that word, that prefix sin means, with. Our time with one another. We're going to sync our times up together. With. It's a withness it's talking about. It's talking about a withness when the, it is prefix sin. Well, every single one of these is sin ergero, before being raised, sin, sin cateo, to sit, sin, again and again. And so, in the Greek, you would hear, you might even hear, when it was read, in an alliterative sense, right? You'd hear, oh, sin, 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 and, and these three verbs. And then all of a sudden, as I was reading the verbs, I, what I hear and what I see in this raising, seeding, living concept is the with, the with. It appears from Paul's syntax, from his use of language, that he believes that there's a possible for a a kind of withness for you to have with God, like an immediacy to with God, like a, a withness. What is that withness? What is it? And then I'm thinking, as I'm unpacking the text, when we look at that word seated, look at that word seated again. In English parlance, in normal English parlance, you could properly use, The New York Times would use language like this. The word seated, if somebody is seated somehow, it means they've been given what? If we use that word in English, when we say somebody's been seated, it means they've been, what could mean in different contexts? but it could mean they have power, authority. It could mean that they've won their place somewhere. It could mean that they've won an election. There could be a, a, we get the concept seated has a positional and a representational idea. Well, it's seated language. It's, this is metaphors, Chris. What are you so hung up on? Well, I'm, I'm hung up on this with. Because the with language isn't just about some representational idea that I have some authority in the abstract. Something else is being hinted at here, and what, I, what I'm grasping at, what I'm grasping for, in this, and it's almost invisible in this whole passage we've been, we've been walking through, is Paul's way of looking at his world. You see, we, this is where we need to pay attention, because we do not look at our world the way that Paul does. Paul believes that this is shadow, and that, the spiritual, is real. The fundamental aspect of real, what is, what is the real real? Where do things really happen? Where are things decided? Where does cause and effect first take its shape as a truth for existence? Where does, where, where, where does where's the real real, of which this is merely a shadow? Well, it's the spiritual world. And what you notice in all these with these with verbs, these with verbs with Jesus, and each one's with him, right? Made alive with him, raised with him, seated in the heavenlies. This withness seated with. He believes in a in an immediacy. But like, like there's no gap for him. And and I guess this is this is what this is what this is what starts popping. This is all over. Uh, I need a bullet there. There's one. This is all over. Look, look. Take a look. Uh, Transfigur- Mount, Mount Transfiguration is a great example of this. Peter J- was it Peter James and John? They go up. They go up the mountain, and then uh, did, does anybody remember the word that's used here? And then suddenly, <laughs> it was a great light, and they can't. Suddenly, as if it had been there the whole time, and they just saw it now. You get that? That's what that suddenly is so striking. It's like it was there. He, Christ is glorious, right? He is shining. But all of a sudden, now they can see it. It's not like he wasn't shining before. He is shining in his person, radiant forever, right? He's the eternal sun. He is the effulgence of glory. But they didn't see him shining until they were allowed to see it. This idea that's Paul's this witness in the verbs. And this concept he has is that, is that the spiritual lies in, in a seam right behind the physical, right inside it as a dimension, right available. It's all over. Look, <laughs> look at the worldview of believers. Look at Psalm 11, an ancient poem, some 3,000 years old. He begins in this poem by complaining. It's what we started in worship. It was a, a call to worship. Where is it? Yeah. It's on page 4. And he complains about people saying to him that how can you, what does he say? How can you say to my soul, fly like a bird to your mountain see how the wicked bend the bow? And he's complaining that people are telling him run because people are wicked in this world. Run because when the foundations are destroyed, that's a chilling verse, isn't it? When the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Listen to the world that David lives in. Where does David live? Where does David live? God is in his heaven. That means everything's okay here now. There's no scene. You see, there's no, there's no gap. There's no gap between, between, between David's world and the presence of God in his heaven. God isn't removed by being in heaven, in other words. He is present here by being in heaven. Because he, that, that, that's, that, that's strange, isn't it? Isn't that strange? That's a strange way to kind of think about reality? But it's the only way to understand these texts. Because you're being invited, you're being invited into real joy and confidence in Jesus. That there's something real here. Not something suggested to encourage or mythic or, or imaginary or a comfort that's supposed to make you go to sleep at night like a fable. No, he's saying this is the real, real. Uh, this happens all over the Bible. Um, we, look, we looked at Isaiah 6. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. He was just working in the temple. looked up, and there's God. The seed. There's no gaps in the seed. There's no gaps. There's nothing separating from intimacy, real intimacy of God. That is amazing. So what does this mean? This is all a buildup. That's why the seeded language is so powerful for us right now, because of this. <laughs> All this is a build-up, and then we're going to get into, I hope, is some practical workout. How, we can, how can this encourage us? But this last thing I want you to see is this. We are participants. You are seated. Each one of you are made alive. Raised up with Him. We are participants. Each one of you sitting here, me speaking, me talking, we are participants. In the Ascension ministry, of Jesus Himself, right now, right here, right here, for us. Praise Him! This this idea, and this is idea. Sing love this idea. Sing which is this idea of energized with, almost like energy with to be made alive. It's not made alive, but the uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the words used there. I, I just. There's a picture here of us being invited into seeing. And what, what Paul says here, it sees here, is we as us, Jesus is doing a ministry, a living ministry now. That's why First Press is here. That's why we're all here right now, because there's a ministry happening in heaven. Oh man, I feel so relieved. <laughs> like, I, I, if I think about it, what a relief for me, right? What am I worried about? God, God is in his heaven. But that doesn't mean he's removed. It means he's available. It means that he's present. And I, I have this idea, I want him, even, tonight, even tonight when I'm doing this, do you, do you know what I want for my preaching? Do you know what I really, really want? I want my preaching to be an act of worship. I, I, want, I want this to be worship. I, I, need, I want to worship here. And I want you to worship with me. And I, I believe that true preaching must be this. I, I was just, I was was um, listening to a lecture by Tim Keller about this this week about that being the goal of preaching for it to be an act of worship itself, and I pray Father for that for us. But what is all this? So what why, why am I making this point? Why am I why am I making this point? Because because I want to make this claim because we are so we are seated so securely in our Savior. We can walk in assurance. We can walk in holiness, and we can walk in triumph. That is his point. But you're not going to get there until you have a sense of the burning immediate, immediate nearness and availability of the Lord Jesus himself now. Having been crucified upon a cross 2,000 years ago as a human, as a human who is both man and God, He was raised from the dead to prove who he was. And he lives now to intercede, and his blood is efficacious today to continue to rescue and heal and recreate garbage people like me into sons of God. Praise him. Praise him with highest praise. You know what I want to do? I want to get in on that. I want to be with him. I want the witness of union with you. That's what I want. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for myself. So let's, let's explore it together. Let's see where we get with it and see what we learn and see how we can, we can, we can find joy in it. So the first point is, because we are seated so securely in our Savior, we can walk in assurance. Assurance. Um, you, uh, so, assurance. Do you have assurance about your salvation? I, there's a question I ask. I've been asking since my dad taught me years ago. And the first question, it's called, it's called the diagnostic question, but the first question is this. And, and I was asking this, week, this weekend at, the, uh, at our uh, new members class yesterday. And, and, and what is it? It's, it's um, Can I ask you a personal question? Do you know for certain, if you were to die tonight, that you would have eternal life? I've been asking that question for years. It's, called the, it's the first question, question number one. There's a the second question, too. But if you were to, you were to die tonight, do you know for certain that you have eternal life? Now, usually, they, usually, usually even with Christians, even with people who know God, you'll get, you'll get a, sometimes I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't, how can you know? Okay, is it possible to know? And 1 John, John, John makes a big case of this. John's very, very declarative about it in his book. He says, in his little letter in in 1 John, he says, these things were written so you may know you have eternal life. (laughs) You know, the word Bible is written so you can have knowledge, (laughs) not merely hope or wishful thinking or guesswork. You can know that, you can grow in assurance. Now, as your pastor and as a friend, assurance gets bigger and smaller with people. I've noticed this. Some people were given it richly, some people not so much. But it's something we're all, I think many of us are hungry for. is some assurance of pardon. Some assurance of the truth, of the verities, of, of, the, of the veracity of, the, of my claims about God and, and His truth and His life. And, I, and so I know that sometimes we, 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 we are hungry for insurance. But I think that's exactly what this teaching is meant to bring to you today. Because the assurance of pardon, mm, mm, you know what assurance of pardon is? It's like, a sweet, it's like a sweet kiss to a sour conscience, isn't it? To know, yes, indeed, you are truly forgiven. Lock, stock, and barrel. All of you, and all that you've done. Okay, well, alright let's, let's reach into this. I, he lives to assure you now. What is this ascension ministry? I'm talking about his ascension ministry. Christ's ascension ministry in this moment is to assure you his blood remains efficacious for sinners. Praise Him. He continues to do that. It's His work right now. That's why, that's why I pray tonight that he would, he would bless us with the knowledge of, of His Son. Right? he blesses bless us with this. It's because this is what He lives to do now. He lives to assure us of, of, his, of his constant and ancient love. Look, look at this. Actually, Paul's been making an argument. He's been making the argument the whole time. We already begin. Chapter 1, verse 4. In love, he predestined us before the creation of the world. This is a love so ancient. That sounds like a recipe for assurance. You can be assured of something that's been around 14 billion years if that's all the universe is, right? Wow! Okay, okay. But he goes on, he goes on. The last in the chapter, he talks about Jesus who fills all in all. Okay. It's an ancient love. Be assured it's an ancient love. Be assured it's a vast love. And As you grow to discover that, the, we can we discover now, we can look out, and we can recognize that the universe itself stretches for some 92 billion light years of observable universe, and God is saying through, through his servant, uh, what did he say to uh, Abraham? Count the stars if you can, because only then will you have the beginnings of a knowledge of how great my love is. The argument Paul's making is God's love is vast, God's love is ancient. And with these with, yeah, these with verbs raised with, seated with, mm, made alive with. Well, what's the third part of his argument? God's love is vast, it is ancient. And it's personal. Praise Him. Praise Him with highest praise. And it invites you in. (laughs) And it beckons. And it embraces. And it welcomes. (laughs) Such a God. And so in this witness of Jesus, the three times over in the three verbs of being made alive, of being seated, and of being raised up, (laughs) The with you know it's funny we all come back to the deep secret of Christianity. The thing I always am so surprised that people don't get is that Christianity is not about you managing your guilt problem. Praise God, it does that. That's not. That is the simplest thing it does. Christianity, the Bible offers you that you will be one with God. Union. God Himself. The witness of every verb in this text is a promise that God has offered you intimacy with Him. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. You hear Him beckoning in His love? Ah, oh. how, how could a being of such ancient power and size care about my day? <laughs> Well, praise him, he does. And so Paul continues to advance his arguments. So, what is his argument then, then he, for this? Well, we were looking at God's wrath before, we were looking at God's anger. This text that began in verse 4 here ends the previous text, the previous verses end. You are by nature children of wrath. Huh. You see, the cross is an ancient instrument of torture, right? It's an ancient instrument of torture. The Romans were very good at coming up with torture we're going to look at another one tonight but that's one of their instruments of torture it was the most common one the most successful was the cross well well the god man jesus this human god man person this unique individual of all history comes and dies executed upon such an instrument and then rises from the dead in order to buy me life to save this woman and to save you and save us all right How many of you had a dad that hit you? How many of you? I mean, does anybody in this anybody have a father who was very violent at all? Anybody? Anybody have a father who was very violent? I know you did, Carol. Anybody else? I did. My dad, my dad could be very violent. And there was something. I remember a preacher saying years ago that God's hand is no longer raised up. To strike. You. I remember hearing that, and I remember crying because that's the way I saw God. I saw God as this God just waiting, just waiting, just waiting. Just screw up, Chris. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. That's awful. That's awful. And our dads can mess up the way we think about dads sometimes, and stuff like that. Sure, my dad, I had a love for Jesus that really conquered his life and it changed him too. So. Praise God for that, right? But this idea that God's hand is forever put away, that's the I think about it. That gives me so much joy <laughs> that it's forever put away. It's never coming out for me. You realize how much that makes me happy? <laughs> because all I can remember is that fear, you know, that God was going to do to me what my dad did. Because I know I deserved it. That hand is put away forever. Because of the cross. That's what that witness with Jesus means, you see? That's what that witness, that union implies. That's what it grants us. That's what we stand in. That's what we walk in with hope for who we are. It's how we walk before Him. It's how we that's how we hope. It's how we have assurance. I mean, I'll put it this way. I don't have to think about God and flinch. Praise Him. I'm very thankful for that. I want to go further. Because the Father goes further. Because, let me tell you, even as I'm or unpacking this, because we are seated so securely in our Savior, not only can we walk in assurance, we can walk in holiness now. We can become a good people who do good stuff. That's the whole goal. Look at verse 10. He is preparing works in advance for us to walk, to walk in them. <laughs> we are attached to him and you know, praise God we are now because we used to be attached to this world of death remember the following, the death parade the prince of the power of the air the course of this age and the death in which you once walked this is the first three verses of this chapter this terrifying vision the Romans were good at killing people Ooh, they were good at it they, just, they almost like reveled in it there must have been people in the Roman world who literally sat down and thought about ways to kill people and tried to outdo each other. This is one of them. <sighs> one of the ones was they would take a man, and they would put him in a cage that was the shape of a man. And then, But it was, the cage was big enough for a dead body as well. And they would take a man, and, they, and as, as his punishment, they would strap him face-to-face, body-to-body, in a cage with a dead body, mouth-to-mouth, eyes-to-eyes, hands-to-hands, belly-to-belly. And while the, be- while the dead body decomposed, on the living body, the person slowly died, suffocated by the decomposing. That's nasty. That's terrible. What an awful thing to do. Pretty good description of what we're like without Jesus, though. <laughs> Trapped in a, with a body of death. <sighs> <sighs> that's not me anymore right that was one we were once that right but god the great love disruption has come verse four but god has come with love and to disrupt and what has he offered us complete salvation you see that witness in every one of those verbs you do nothing you were made alive you're raised up and you're seated it's pretty much like you're a marionette in this one It's like, I'm over here, and I'm, all right, God, I'm over here, and I'm sitting down, and I'm like, that's what what this text looks like. That's the way it reads. Let me tell you something. I have asked God to take away my will and make me his marionette. As far as I'm concerned, I don't do anything good with my body and my wife anyway. I'd rather he took control. But I don't think that's how God does business, (laughs) is it? He doesn't make little robots. I wish he did, and I didn't have to suffer all the time for my stupid mistakes. But look how far Paul wants to go with this. Paul wants to make the point so strongly with you. He wants you to have an idea that you are with Jesus, and Jesus is your holiness, (laughs) that you can't do anything, right? He wants you to make this point so vividly. He he, he, He goes a step further. He, well, look, look at the text. He goes on. Uh, God who is rich in mercy, with a lazy love with which he loved us. He, he, he raised us up, he seated us. And then he goes on to talk about faith. By grace you were saved through faith. But then he, he makes a point. It's almost like he just wants it, because he realizes that there's something wrong here. That even with everything I just said, because Sarah's heart is so wicked. I'm gonna pick on Sarah, because she's fun to pick on. Because Sarah's heart is so wicked. I need, God needs to prove to her that even her faith was a gift from him. Why? Why 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 is Sarah's wickedness in play here? Because Sarah will do what I will do. At least I've got faith. Don't I look good with my faith on? I have faith, Father. Don't you honor my faith? I, you see, we're willing all to grab something, right, that says that we earned it, right, <laughs> that we did it, that it's ours. And you can hear it in this text. He's like, just to make a point, so none of y'all, because I know you're going to brag about it, none of y'all can brag. Even your faith was a gracious gift given to you by God. So, find your holiness in him. Find it there. Find it in the minute. Find it in the living ministry of Christ, the essential ministry of Christ now for you, because He imparts righteousness. He imparts it. In you. Praise Him. Huh, this is really beautiful stuff. Here we have been granted a fund of living holiness with which to live in the world. And did you notice? It's really kind of cool. Um, uh, look, I love how. It's, it's prepared in advance. It's not even like we're prepared. Did you notice that? We're not prepared. The, the works are prepared. Just in case we might think we had something to do with it somewhere, Then we might, you know, the way, no, no, I, I prepared the works separately from you. <laughs> you don't even prepare those. You're not even, you're not even responsible for that part. Praise him. It's just, he's it's like he's, 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 he's it's like he keeps doubling down on the point. He keeps doubling down. Because until you, until, until you, until he reveals what grace is to your heart, you're going to keep trying to insert yourself and earn it. You're going to keep trying. And even after you know what grace is, you're still going to try. That's a part of our wickedness. But it's also a part, isn't it beautiful that God is inviting us tonight to chase the intimacy? I was, Look at this. I was reading this. If faith is his gift, then you're totally free. It invites you to joy, freedom, and grace. Did you see this? The language is really hard at the end here. But the idea of the joy here. For we are his workmanship created. And that word workmanship is the word, where we get the word poem from. And that word created right there, that's, that's, that's right up, straight up creation. That's the word for, created out of nothing. Now this idea of being the, being the rhyme couplet of Jesus all the glory now belongs to him, and it frees me up and I'm not sitting here uh, uh, worrying like I do but I, i'm, I'm going to tweak this a little bit because there's another there's another function here. I invite you into the joy of your union with Christ and all it gives you let me let me give you a little let me give you a little um, Thumbtack in your shoe, because that's about what, it's that uncomfortable. It's not a stone, it's a thumbtack in your shoe. It's going to hurt. This witness, this worldview that he has, that the the eternal is seamless with the physical, that spiritual is that real, it means you take Jesus the places you go. This is meant to be a moral sort of guardrail for you of shame, it's meant to shame you a bit. And, and, and it, it works. It works for me. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> because and all of a sudden you're like, wait, you know, if you're in this conversation with somebody you shouldn't be talking to, you're taking Jesus there. What you're looking at on the computer, that's what Jesus is looking at with you. With, you know, How many of you do this? How many of you groom a consumer buy. And what I mean is by grooming is you do all your research. You look at every site and all the prices. And you evaluate what the shipping costs versus speed and delivery and when I can get it. And then you go to the reviews. And you go through all. And isn't there just something kind of delicious about slowly massaging an item you're going to buy and looking at all the ways, maybe different ways you can get it and pick the right one. Let's get the best of the ten best of these. Which one is the... And you're taking Jesus into this? Lascivious idolatry of things, and and I don't say this to make you just feel bad. I, I say this to shame to shame you, so you'll turn back to Him. You know, like and, and it, it can it can keep you from great evil. It can keep you from real evil. Because you know, let's let's not to put too fine a point on it, but things like adultery and real theft and real, like, these are real temptations for everybody in this room. And if you don't think they are for you, then you don't know what you're talking about. But knowing that Jesus is so with, this witness, it can cause you to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be him. I love how union with Jesus beckons me to be more holy and then makes me more holy. <laughs> I can't lose. What a savior. What a wonderful God. Because it gets better. We end with triumph. We end with triumph because we are seated so securely in our Savior, we can walk in triumph because we finally get it. Remember that, remember that riddle? How can you be in motion and be at rest? How can, well, isn't it funny? We do this all the time. You're all at rest right now, but do you know? Are you aware? Can you, can you find the frame of reference necessary to tell you, you know, in truth, that the, our galaxy is moving at a million miles an hour a million miles that's how fast you're actually going right now as we talk you can't tell can you You can't feel it can't see any stars going by because they're all going with you we're all moving that we're all moving the same speed so you can't tell it's extraordinary we're moving that fast and this idea this picture in my head that that's you know, the frame of, the motion of rest, the, the, the idea that we could be both seated and actively chasing and actively living in triumph and joy makes sense with an eternal God. It makes sense with how we understand motion. It makes sense. It's almost like uh, holiness and walking in triumph with God is finding the Lagrange point around his worship. It's, and Lagrange point is an orbit that, that's stable because of all the forces involved. And it just makes good with physics. It makes good sense spiritually. And there's this idea that it is, he, we participate now. We ask, well, how are we participating? How do we participate in the ascension ministry of Christ? And we, we, First, his ministry is to, is to assure us of the, of the, of, of the value and the, and the power of his blood. Thank you, Father. And then, 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 then his next ministry is, is, is to dress us in holiness and, 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 and to beckon us to holiness by his presence. What a sweet Savior. What's this next one? Well, he wants you to participate in his victory. <laughs> he wants, he wants you to. How many of you watched the last game of uh, the Warriors game? The last game. I, 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 I yeah, you watched. I, you know, I don't think I've ever played a game of basketball in my life. You know, I don't know how to throw a ball. I don't. It's very embarrassing, to throw a ball. But I started crying when I saw him cry why did I cry when Steph was crying? Why did I get emotional? Because there was a witness there, right? Like, even though I'm not a part of his victory, I live in San Francisco, so I'm like a little, tiny, tiny little bit, like a little smidgen, I'm like a little little sub-footnote of a footnote, you know? Maybe, not really. But I can claim it, I I mean, I can live in it for a second. I was watching Steph cry, I mean, the amount of passion, wind, joy—almost like physically, he felt. Like he, he almost looked like he wanted to. It almost looked like he wanted to tear out of his own body. He was so excited, so thrilled, and so joy. And I get this picture. That is, man, what's Jesus like? <laughs> All right, he won a game. He, he threw. He shot a. He shot a ball into a into a round circle more times than other people did. Woo! My Savior walked out of a tomb. BAM! (laughs) The Lord, who created the universe, took cause and effect and played with it like it was a toy and brought the hope of new life and eternal life to us in our suffering. Praise Him. Victory. This is, a, and this is where I was always preparing even the message. I just get a sense of joy. And, and this idea that I can be in motion and at rest. And you know, it even occurred to me, you know I think there's a secret here, and I really don't know how to say it. I'm not sure how where it is biblically. I, and I can't believe I'm going to say it anyway, but I think it's biblical. No, I know it is. Listen to me here. Because one of the things I've learned, it almost seems like, this is ironic, right? Or oh, no, Not ironic, it's uh, paradoxical. The more at rest I am in Jesus, it feels like the more I'm moving. Isn't that funny? Like those opposites work that way. The more I've doubled down in trust, worship, and, and surrender to my Savior in His arms, for whatever He... We, let, let, the, let, let the hand that blesses me be the hand that strikes me, and I'll bless it anyway, because I praise Him and I love Him. Oh, wow. And it seems to me that it just makes sense now. And it's, and so, you guys... um. I'm just going to close with this. I was going to talk about something else, but I leave that one leave that one for later. Because it kind of comes down to this: I I want to I want to invite you all into into the experience of prayer that I'm having that I've had with Corey, I've had with Ted in our as, as elders. And I, I I think it's just the beginning. But every time I want to get people to pray, I always feel like I'm I always feel like, I always feel like I'm, like I'm, like I'm just, I don't know how to describe this, but I feel like I'm spanking everybody. I feel like I'm trying to spank. Come on, pray. Why don't you guys pray more? Hey, why aren't you praying more, Spencer? Why aren't you praying more, Gina? Why? Hey. I hate it. You know, it's really, it's almost kind of sad that as a pastor, you have to feel crappy about trying to get your people to pray. Because you're trying to beat them over the head or something. You know what? Not today. Not at all. Not even for a second. You know why? Prayer, prayer is that witness within which moves the the very engines that hold up all the universe, and they're are ours. And prayer is not a duty. I, you should never think of it. I, look, look at what do we in our prayer? What do we pray every week? I pray it every day. May your kingdom come and your will be done. What? On earth. What? Like it is in heaven. And even in our own prayer life is the promise that heaven and earth can be one. You See? We're praying for it all the time. I am looking for a work of God's spirit. I'm going to put it out right now right now. I am ready. I am ready to fast and pray on any day of your choosing, if you want to do with me, if we schedule it beforehand. Because I want to get about the business of the ascension ministry of my Savior. I want to labor with Him with you. Maybe it's a desperate act, because I don't know what else to do or what else is going to work. Maybe it's an act born out of the fact that my brother Luke, who has told me he's going to kill me at least 20 times in the last four weeks, keeps living when we pray for him. And I keep wondering if Jesus is not just telling me, I have so much power on my, in my hands am I for you all. Why don't you come to me? And we we don't come. Our materialism, our unbelief, I don't, I don't know what your reason is and what your. But you know what? Let's change. Let's turn from that. Because this text is inviting us. Paul is even telling you, this, he's really showing you his prayer life. You know that. This is all about a prayer. This is all about a prayer he's praying. This is all about a prayer he's praying. I want to, I want to pray that. You know, and I told you this last week, one of the things I've been doing lately, and I want to encourage you as you go out there, you know, I get to a point where I can't say anything to God because I don't know what I want, I don't know what he wants, I don't know if a what I want is even good, and I don't know how to think about it right. So you know what I do? Did today. Father, I'm praying, I'm I'm praying whatever Jesus is praying right now. I say yes. I join it. Would you answer my Savior's prayers for me? Because they've got to be good. (laughs) They've got to be good, right? (laughs) They've got to be the best. All right. I want to do that prayer with Jesus. I want you guys doing that this week. I'll ask you about it next week if you're doing it. And I want to know when you're going to get up off your duff and agree. Let's, let's get down to it. Do you, want to get, do you want to meet before this time next week to pray? Well, we're not meeting next week. Well, How about we start meeting earlier before this time to seek him? Because, listen, I don't know if you all have been paying attention to this generation or this world or this age, but the world's kind of going to hell right now in a really bad way all around us. And I just, I'm feeling more and more. I just, I just want to lay hold of him. I just want to lay hold of him. Why? Because I'm seated so securely. And now I can walk. <laughs> Assurance, holiness, and triumph. Let's pray. Dear Father, <laughs> dear Father, I thank you for your words. Forgive us for living in in such a flat and foolish universe where we think we know everything because because of uh, physics or whatever. And here you are, the living God, present in this room. You're right here with us. And heaven is right here. Hi. How can it be? Father, we're due, we're due for a, a reset, or kind of a re- a resetting of our thinking. Would you help us tonight? And these these verbs that promise all this witness, well, all right, Father, be with us then. Pick us up. Give us life. Raise us up. Give us life. Give us more life. Father, t- teach us how to walk in the riddle that to be in motion in you is to be more at rest in Jesus. <laughs> Show us out of the work, Spirit, Holy Spirit, and fill us. And now as we come to the table, will you preach your assurance again to us? Will you kindly, and it, the, the, this, this Bible text here, Father, talks about your kindness, and we appeal to that kindness now. And thank you for that kindness. And whether you, would, you would, in the table of our Lord, give us a, a, a moment of worship. In a moment of assurance of pardon for our many, many sins and crimes. Thank you for being such a kind and loving God. Thank you for loving us so well. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.